Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. I lost my, misplaced my tie check this morning. And, and uh, my nerve said, why don't you pray? Maybe the Holy Spirit will show it to you. Okay, all right. <laughs> I couldn't find a thing for anything. And I just opened my Bible up here. There it was. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Today is a culminating message on the Gospel of Mark. We'll be going into Mark next week. And next week, of course, we have a new series. And you want to invite your friends. We're talking about fear next week. A series, four or five week series on fear. And it's, it's so interesting and you're going to gain from it, you'll be surprised the number of us who fear in some area. We want to get rid of that. But today, the culminating message, let's go to Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 7, but before that, Just hold your place there because we're going to talk a little bit about it. Remember Mark, John Mark, the author. He was a friend. He was actually Barnabas' cousin. He went on the first missionary journey with Paul and and Barnabas. You remember that he did not finish the journey, the, the missionary journey. He left. Then the next time Barnabas wanted to take him, Paul said, no, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. He left, so he's done. And the dispute was kind of heavy between Barnabas and and Paul, so they split up and Barnabas took Mark with him. And Barnabas, of course, is is an encourager. Son of Consolation, he's an encourager. And 12 years later, we find out that Paul and Mark is back together, which is fantastic. The Gospel of Mark is about Jesus Christ as the servant. The servant. He was writing to, to Gentiles in general, but Romans more specific wise. Christ the servant. Christ the servant. That's what we want to glean from and as we wrap this message up. If you gain nothing else, Christ the servant. And we're supposed to be just like Christ the servant. So let's go from there and find out, well, how are we going to serve? We know Christ was a servant. We, we know that that's one of the things that, that he did. We know that Mark, John Mark, he talked about the things that Jesus did more than the things that he said. We know that, but we want to apply it to our lives. That's what we want to do. Well, you remember, if we're going to emulate Jesus Christ, Let's go over to Mark. Hold your place there because that's where we're going to be. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. This is the, really the theme of the book and all the way up to verse 52 of Mark 10. But we're on verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life 
a ransom for many. If he didn't come to be served, then what should we do? We should be doing what he did, be about serving. And if we will look then at John, the Gospel of John, let's keep, don't, don't hold your place in, in Mark 10, but holy place in Mark 6. In John chapter 13, it says, So when he had washed their feet and taken his garment and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. And we could break that down and do a word study of that, but I don't want to do that this morning. But it is very important what he was saying. I am the teacher. I am the Lord. If you look in the Greek, that's what it was saying. And you are right. So I am. I am. He was explaining, letting them know, I am. I am God. And so he said, if then the Lord and the teacher wash your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. Now, this is not just southern talk. You ought to. <laughs> this is a Greek ought, and this ought means it's a debt. It is actually saying you're indebted to do this. This is not just a suggestion, like, you should wash one another's feet. No, no, this is, you are in debt, or love debt, to do this to one another. Now, he's not instituting a foot washing ordinance. He's not doing that, even though some people believe that. He's not doing that. He's trying to get them to understand a spiritual principle by a natural example. He says, for I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. Now, you know, you know from learning what a parable is, you know he's just using this natural example to teach them something, something spiritual. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things... You are blessed if you do them. So what's the spiritual principle that we want to glean from this particular thing because Jesus was serving them? Here's the master. Here's the Lord. Here's God. Here's the son of man, the son of God, washing their feet, the lowest position as a slave in a house that's supposed to wash the feet of people. And here he is washing their feet. And he says, you do the same. No matter what we think about ourselves, we're supposed to do what our Lord did, serve people. He didn't wash just 11 disciples' feet. He washed 12. So he was washing Jesus' feet also. And he's leaving us an example that I expect you to serve people. You have a love debt to all people. I want you to serve them. And if we are not greater than he is, which we're not, it's enough to be as our 
teacher, our mentor, or whatever, then what we need to do is make sure we do the same. He died, gave his life a ransom, and he did it for sinners, which we were before we got saved. We were sinners. He did it for people who didn't love him, didn't want anything to do with him, hated him. He died for them. He's asking us to do the same thing. Can we stoop so low, because that's what humility is. It's a low opinion of yourself. Not lower than what God said, but lower than what the world says. Because the world, what they wanted you to do, and they teach you to do, is competition. Competition. Compete with one another. Who's the greatest? All the disciples are doing the same thing before Pentecost. Oh, my goodness gracious, who is the greatest one? Who has the most authority? Who has the most power? Who has the most following? Who is the greatest leader? Who has the most money? Who has the greater gifts? That's what the world wants us to do. God says, no, you're not that way. The greatest is going to be servant of them all. Was he the greatest? Is he the greatest? Right? Is he the servant of all? Mark says, Christ the servant. And we know he's the servant of all. No one dies for an unrighteous person. You might, you might just die for a righteous man. You just might. But an unrighteous man, no. And he did that. He's expecting us to do that. Serve one another. Serve one another. Serve one another. Humility, Christ-likeness, will cause us to serve one another. What can I do to help you be what God has called you to do? Now let's go to where you're holding your place at, which I lost. Mark 6. <laughs> Chapter 6, verse 7. Now, he was servant. Oh, Christ a servant. But he commissioned other servants. That's what he did. He commissioned other servants because he was, he was going. I must go. But I'll send another comforter. He had to have someone to carry on his work. So he had disciples. 120 was in the upper room. And they turned the world upside down. We are here now because of what Jesus did with the original ones. He expects us to do that. So he had commissioned. It says in verse 7, and he summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over unclean spirits. Now I want to use Matthew's version of this same thing because it says it a little bit more in depth than I would like to use that in Matthew 10. If you go to Matthew chapter 10, it'll be on your screen. 
And if you have your Bible, please turn to it. Verse 1, Matthew chapter 10. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. This is what Jesus did. When he says he gave them authority, we said, as I summarize some of the things, he gave them permission. He gave them right. He gave them might. That means power. When he gave, he sent them out, he said, I'm, I'm sending you out. Now, we know from the Gospel of John, without me turning to verse uh, chapter 17, we know that just as God sent Jesus, Jesus sent us. We are sent ones. We are sent into the world. We are not here, and I hate to tell you that, but you're not here for just your job. You're not here just for your marriage partner. You're not here just for your children. You're not here just to do four-wheel driving, go hiking, whatever we do, go to the gym, be Mr. Atlas. You know, we're not here just for that. We know from Scripture we're here to glorify him. We know also from Scripture is that you can glorify him by being obedient to him. But obedient to him is that we are on a mission. Every last one of us are missionaries. Whether you believe it or not, we are missionaries. If, if he sent you, he had to send you with a mission. So what's your mission? <clears throat> to continue the work that he started. Is that correct? <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, if we ascend to continue the work that he started, all we're doing is being disciples, aren't we? Just like the original 12, just like the 120, just like the 70. We are here to carry out his will. Without us, the gospel is not going to be taken. Us meaning the body of Christ all over the world. All over the world. I was talking to, well, I was reading an email by Clem Ferris, and Clem Ferris is a, is a, um, is a prophet, prophet over the house. But he, he's, out of, he's out of, over the, in another country now, and he says that they have 26 million um, people in that country. And point zero 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 five percent of Christians. Twenty-six million. That that averages out to about he said about 150 Christians. Wow. My goodness gracious. To become a Christian there means to die 
if you found out. To be uh, put out from your family is, is, is terrible. But he's sent. He's sent. We are sent. Let's go a little bit further. If you are sent, which we are, he tells us, let's go down further in, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. And as you go, preach, proclaim, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. That's what he, he is telling us to do. Because if he told them, and they are, they are sent, that means that he's telling us, because we are sent. Now, you say, well, I don't believe in demons. I don't believe um, in healing. Well, it doesn't matter. You don't have to believe in gravity. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it exists anyway. <laughs> Verse 16. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Verse 22. You will be hated by all because of my name. But it is, it is the one who endures to the end will be saved. Oh, we, we, we must endure. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he become like his teacher. Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Verse 32. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father in heaven. Oh, we'll talk about that next week. Are, are, we, are we afraid? Are we afraid? But whoever denies me before men... I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be the enemies, the members of his household. Oh. Hmm. It's amazing what we learn when we read the word of God. Because sometimes we want to make concessions because of our father, our mother, our daughters, our whoever. Verse 37. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. 
Those, those are hard sayings. You think he's saying something really, oh, yes, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, come on. Anybody, anyone who has children, you know how important your children are to you. But he's saying that love me more. And he, do, he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it. He who has lost his life for my sake will find it. He receives me, and he who, re- and he who receives me receives him who sent me. It says, verse 41, he who receives a prophet, it says in the name of, but it means in Greek, because he is. So let's read it as that. He who receives a prophet because he is a prophet shall receive a prophet reward. And he who receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man shall receive a righteous man reward. And whoever, because he is a disciple, gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink. Truly, I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. And I said, "Woo, yes, because... I know that sometimes when you are ministering out because you're missionaries, whether it be your family, whether it be your immediate family, your extended family, whether it be your friends or whatever, and they don't listen sometimes or whatever it is, but you're trying to serve them. And, and sometimes I get in this pity party, oh, me, God, I'm doing all this. Shut up. Don't you say nothing else, boy. You know. Because, you know, it gets, it gets, it gets kind of hard sometimes. You, you, you serve and you put it, you're pouring your life out and everything, and, and people act like they don't appreciate what you do. Come on. Come on. And he says that whoever, because he is a disciple, gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say he shall not lose his reward. So I said, that sells it. I wrote it on my Bible in black. Can you see it? I know you can't see it, but it's okay. You know, it says, I, I said, I can be at peace knowing this principle. And a smiley face. <laughs> hey, right. I can be at peace. Keep on serving. Keep on serving. Keep on serving. Keep on serving. Because you will not lose your reward. Yeah, you won't lose it. I said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And I, and I know people who are praying, a lot of times it, it, it goes unrecognized. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. You will not lose your reward. You remember the, the, the person who was married and they lost their husband? Uh, he died. And she was in the temple from that time on all the way until Jesus was brought to the temple as a little baby. What was her name? Anna. Oh, come on. I'm telling you, she was praying. She was praying. You think she lost her reward? Absolutely not. Come on. I'm a, it's an encouragement to all those who pray. Okay. Yeah, all those who serve in any capacity. That's what he said. Now, Let's take it from there. We say, okay, 
how can I apply this though? And I, you know, I hear what you're saying now. I knew you want us to serve. We're culminating this message on, on Christ the servant. Well, you go, you do what Matthew says. Matthew chapter, come on. Great commission. I know you know it. Come on, you got it, got it by heart. Come on, Matthew 28. Come on, come on, come on. Another come in. Verse what? 16. We'll start there. It's 18. It's 18, but we'll start at 16 to get a context there. Matthew 28, 16. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some were doubtful. Who was it? Probably Thomas was one of them. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me. Now, in case some of you think that, well, he didn't say, he was talking about Exorcia, he wasn't talking about dunamis, so he doesn't have any dunamis, he doesn't have any power, he doesn't have any dynamite. It's, we told you, it's not only the right, not only permission, but it's also the might. He can carry that thing out. Would you say amen to that? I know he will. You, you, you're right. Jesus does whatever he wants to do with whom he wants to, when he wants to. He is, nothing was done. Nothing, nothing, nothing was created in this world without Jesus. Nothing. Okay. Let's keep going. All thought being given to me in heaven there. Go. G-O. Go. If we put a D on it, the first two letters, it still go. <laughs> go, therefore, and make, come on, converts. Huh? What does it say? Make disciples. There's a difference from making disciples and making converts. There's a difference between just having babies and, and rearing children. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah. 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 <laughs> of all nations. I, I, I don't like the, 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 the you know, those uh, funny looking people over in this nation. All nations. <laughs> you're related to them anyway. Yeah, you're related to them. Unless you're from another world. There's only one. <laughs> Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them. Teaching them by word of mouth that teaching implies to observe all that I commanded you. So you're supposed to be imparting to somebody. And if I ask you, who are you imparting to? I ask that question a lot of times to people that I'm, I'm, I'm close to, especially the round table men or the, when we had the 501 women uh, leadership class, who are you discipling? Who are you discipling? And it's good to disciple your children, your mate. But we're talking about taking, extending it past that. Who are you discipling? 99% of Christians, at least in the, in the, in the pastors I've, I've talked to, people not discipling. They're not discipling. They get excited about uh, a lot of things, which rightfully so. We should be excited when someone gets baptized, right? 
when somebody gives their life to Christ because you can't disciple anybody, you know, well, you can start off, I've done that too, start off with people not saved, uh, discipling them as if they were. And then sooner or later they will be. But you still, you have, to have, you have to have some converts to have some disciples. <laughs> and so I'm not against converts, believe me. I'm just saying we've got to take it further. Do you understand? Get my heart now. We have to take it further. We have to disciple people. We have to teach them. Oh, I don't have time. What are you here for? My job. Oh, you're here for your job. Let me find it in Scripture. I can't find it. You're here for your job. Now, you might, you ought to do a great work on your job. Do everything you do, you do unto the Lord. Is that correct? And your job may be a place where God is using you to be light. He's going to use you wherever you go to be light because light is in you. You go to Fresh Market. Light's supposed to be in Fresh Market if you're there. That's right. Wherever you go, light is there because the Holy Spirit is in you. But still, we need to be Discipling. You need to take some out of the side. Who am I going to take aside? Whoever God gives you. How do I know when God gives me somebody? They will, you will know it. Just say something to them. If they ignore you, that's not the one. <laughs> that's not the one. <laughs> Usually someone that God puts on their heart to, um, to feel a kindred type of spirit, if I use uh, Anna Avery and Anna Green Gables <laughs> terminology. <laughs> oh, that was a good move. I mean, that was good. Uh, <laughs> so, somebody, God has a divine appointment for you, each of you. Each of you. You have to look for him. You have to look for who will follow me. Who will follow me? And I was telling a person that uh, that is incarcerated at this particular time that when I visit, and I said, I'm going to disciple you under one, one condition. What's that? That you disciple someone else. Now, he could have said, this is a dumb man. I am incarcerated. Who he think I'm going to disciple? Unless he's the only one, there are plenty of people <laughs> to disciple. <laughs> so I told him um, what to look for. Who is it that will follow you? Who is it that pays attention? Who is, who's drawn to you? Oh, I, I got this one fellow. He, he, he kind of hangs around me. Okay, start with him. Start with him. I'm not going to waste my time with you if you're not going to pass it on. 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, commit the faith of men who will be a teacher of us also. Because that's what I see my master doing. Okay? So what are you going to do? When you say, oh, I, I see the Great Commission. I'm supposed to do this thing. I, I don't have any gifts. I, I don't have any. What do you have that you can 
take with you. I say what was said to Gideon, go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have, the angel told Gideon, because he didn't think he had anything. I mean, he's the lowest and the lowest. I mean, he, hey, hey, stop, stop that, great man of God. Go in the strength you have. Go in the strength. There's, there's some people who don't know half as much as you, you know. Go in the strength you have. If you go into a foreign nation, go on a mission field, uh, you would understand that you don't need all this, all this knowledge that we have here in the United States. You just need a little bit of information. A little bit of information. The gospel. That's all you need. And to be able to walk it out. Be willing to pray for somebody. Because you're not going over, over to some of these nations and, oh, the devil doesn't exist. My goodness gracious, they understand voodoo. They understand all these witch dogs. They understand all this. They know it's power out there. They know it's power. But they don't know about the power of God, the love of God. They don't know about that. And that's why Paul, when he, when he, um, when he was stranded there, the ship was wrecked on the island, and, and the you know, viper snapped, well, you know, was on his arm. And, and they, oh, you know, this man, oh, you know, he's going to die now. He, he escaped the, the, the shipwreck of the sea, but, hey, the viper got him. He shook him off. He didn't swell. He didn't die. Oh, he's a god now. You know, and he, all he went to went around and said, Hey, who, let me visit the person who owns this land over here. Visit him. Oh, he's sick, huh? Pray for him. Heal. That's all he did. Just pray for him. Go in the strength that you have. You have a relationship with the king of kings. You have a relationship with God almighty, the creator of, the, of heaven and earth. You have his name. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you if you were born again, and you have God with you. You have all the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit residing in you. The same Holy Spirit that worked through Paul will work through you. People want to fall down and worship Paul and Barnabas, calling them a god or something. Oh, wake up, go, no, 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 no. Or when he healed a blind person, they want to, why are you wondering about this? It's not because of my piety. It's not because of any holiness. It's not because of uh, me. It's because of Jesus Christ who's working through me to heal this man. That's all God wants you to do is go in the power that you have. You have talents. Some of you can, it's amazing what some of you can do. My goodness gracious. You can fix anything. You, I, mean, I tell you, you have some talented people in here. They're, they're carpenters. They can, they can, they can do that. Um, they can they do electri- electrical work. I mean, do a lot of things. Right, Jason? Yeah, you were over my house, weren't you? Fixing a little light switch? Yeah. Oh, by the way, thank you, because then I turned around and tried to fix, fix it, and I didn't call upon you because you walked me through it. And I said, I can do this thing, and I did it. And um, the light and the fan 
came on the same time. The other switch wouldn't work nothing. And I said, ooh, something's wrong. See, the switch I took off was different from the switch I, bought, I purchased. I said, man, oh. So thank God for somebody's good because Ed Pavel came in and he's not here today because he's over. Oh, by the way, we have those who are guests. We do have other people in the body, but they are over at Jefferson House. We do a service at Jefferson House on the third Sunday. Every third Sunday, we take uh, one of our worship leaders, we send them over there, and they, we feed them, and all like at Jefferson House is an assisted living type of person, uh, place. And, and my goodness gracious, they, they just do a full-blown service. They pray for the sick. They do all those type of things. But Ed Pavel, he's a carpenter. He, uh, but Ed not only is a carpenter, Ed knows electrical work. Ed knows plumbing work. He said, don't tell anybody about no plumbing work. Ed, <laughs> he's, he's good at a lot of different things. So I said, Ed, what do I do? Um, so he said, well, I'll come over there. Ed came over. It's so easy, man. But I watched him, though. I watched him. Now, now I got two people who, who've been discipling me in this thing. He said, oh, make sure you cut the electrical thing off so that you, the power off. So I'm trying to learn those things, so thank you. But you can do a lot of things, can't you, Jason? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can do a lot of things. You don't, you, you, I know you're humble. But you, you, you can, <laughs> he can do a lot of different things. And a lot of you, too, can do a lot of things. Take that and let it be a connection with somebody. You see? Go out and, and you say, well, I don't have any talent. I can't do nothing. You're like me. I can't do nothing. But um, I like to study and I like to read. So I like to do that. But I can cut grass. It doesn't take a lot of skill to cut grass. I got a self-propelled motor, motor that, that I don't have to even push a thing. Uh, it'll go, go right on. I said, oh, ooh, ooh, this is neat. <laughs> you know, this is neat. So how about if I cut my neighbor's grass? Oh. How about if I get my rake and rake the leaves? Oh, it's autumn. Leaves are going to be falling off trees. You have some elderly people. Do you understand that they're going to have to pay somebody to do this thing? Right? Yeah. People like Ms. Dorsey in the congregation, you have people all over in your community. Who's in your community that you can use the talents that God has gifted you with to just go serve them? And once you, once you serve, hey, let me tell you, it is all over Lynchburg, all over Amherst, all over Bedford, all over Campbell County, Nelson County, um, Appomattox, all over this thing. You have people who are sick. You have people who have knees. Don't you? Come on. Well, if you just go serve them, that's a connection. And you say, um, they say what do I owe you? Nothing, ma'am, nothing. Change all. Change all in the car. Do something. Go clean the house. Do something. Serve. That connection, what will happen is that, hey, um, I noticed that you're getting around kind of slow. Is it anything I can pray for you for? Yeah, you can pray for my arthritis. Yeah, well, let me pray for you right now. Is it okay? Yeah, it's okay with me, you know. And you just pray for them. And in, in the name of Jesus Christ, arthritis, Go! And now, you've done what you're supposed to do. You're not God. God can use you. And if you're out doing his will, being scripture, he can use you. 
Can he? He can use you. Now, what will happen if you think the arthritis leave? She has friends. Because of whatever her age is, she's going to have some friends. She called her friend, hey, this fella came over, cut my grasses, wife came over, cleaned my house, prayed for me. I don't have arthritis any longer. Hey, can he come cut my grass? Yeah. <laughs> come on. That's all Jesus did. That's all he did. We went through it in the scripture. That's all he did. He just went around doing good. And once, like the Apostle Paul, once, oh, the blind man got healed, they're going to bring other people. After a while, you got people just wondering, hey, uh, can you come over to my house? I got my friends, and they're going to come over, and I want you to pray for them. You say, well, uh, is that the only way you can serve? No. You've already served the natural needs. Take them a meal. You've already done that. But people have spiritual needs. This is a, we are a spirit. We are here to proclaim Jesus Christ and him crucified, rose again, seated at the right hand of the Father. Well, he is who he is. And we are seated in the heavenly places with him. Wait, this is a spirit. We are spirit beings. We are, we are here on assignment, a mission. That's all. That's all. Otherwise, you might as well tell them, take me home. I got saved. Take me home. Take me home. I'm not going to do a thing for you. Take me home. I don't want to do anything because I'm afraid. You might not move through me and I press somebody. I, I'm tired of praying for people because then nobody get healed. So, it's not your job to heal anybody. It's your job to pray. Right? We'll talk about that a little bit too later. Go in the strength that you have. That's the culminating message on Christ the servant. And if we sit here and do nothing with these messages that were taught from Mark, I think that we are not being obedient to the word of God. I think we need to go and serve. We need to serve one another, of course. We all need to also serve other people in the world because that's what he wants. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.